born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Now, look at verse 43. Now, remember, he's talking to Gentiles. To him... Give all the prophets witness. In other words, in the Old Testament, as it is written, the Old Testament saints prophesied of this one that was to come. And it says, and unto him shall the Gentiles seek, which is a fulfillment of Scripture. That through his name, now get this, whosoever, Jew, Gentile, doesn't matter, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. So in the Old Testament, the Bible says that whether you're Jew or Gentile, anybody, whosoever believeth in him, should receive remission of sins. So how were they saved in the Old Testament? Because the Old Testament saints prophesied this, that salvation was going to be simply because you believed on Jesus Christ. No man in the Old Testament, see, was ever saved by the law. Everybody's always saved by grace. And if you're saved by grace, the only way you can have another message Another gospel is that you have to have one that has works to it. Because if it's free, it's free. The only way you can change some message from being free is you've got to add something to it. It has to be something more than just believe. If it's more than just believe, well, then it's got to be another message. And it's a false message. So he says, believe in him shall receive remission of sin. Now notice verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. So here's people that are listening, Gentiles, to a Jew preached the gospel, and they believed what they heard. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And when they heard it, it says the Holy Spirit came upon them. And how do they know that? Well, they did the same thing that the Jews did when the Holy Spirit came on them. And what was that? They spoke in languages. So verse 45, And they of the circumcision, which was the Jews, which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter. And how many came with Peter? Well, look in chapter 11, and look there in verse 12. But the Spirit, and the Spirit bade me go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. So there were six Jews that had gone along with Peter. They saw this. They heard this. And it says in verse 45 of chapter 10, And they of the circumcision, the Jews, which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
for they heard them speak with tongues or languages. And they also, they understood what they said. They magnified God. See, a language that you can't understand, you don't know if it magnifies God or curses God. But when you can say it magnified God, they must have understood what was said. So here's Jews listening to Gentiles speaking in another language that they could understand. And lo and behold, that's how they knew. And this was the same thing that happened to the Jews on the day of Pentecost. So it's the same thing. You say, how do you know it's the same thing? Well, chapter 11. It's in chapter 11. Look in verse 14. What he says, whenever, as Peter is rehearsing this later in Jerusalem, to those who inquired, hey, what happened when you went to see those Gentiles? He said, well, this is what happened. Let me tell you. And he goes through the whole story of what we just read in chapter 10. And then he says there in verse um, 14, he says, I heard this. Who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. So in other words, a man can be saved by hearing the right words. Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So a man can't be saved unless he hears how to be saved. And that's why we preach the gospel. So he says here in verse 15, And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And you ought to underline this portion of scripture. As on us, the Jews, at the beginning. So when was the beginning? The day of Pentecost. See, when you, when you read and study the Bible, you can know when something started. It says this is the beginning. And... This was the baptism of Jews and Gentiles. Jews and Gentiles. Now, let's take a look over there in the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So now we know when the baptism of the Holy Spirit started. It began on the day of Pentecost. That's why we believe the church began on the day of Pentecost. Now, some believe it started with John the Baptist. Well, I disagree. Some believe he started later on with just the Apostle Paul. I disagree. I believe that when um, the Apostle Paul came along, the foundation was already laid by the Son of God and the Apostles. He says there is no foundation that can be laid than that which is laid, and that was Jesus Christ. And in the book of Ephesians in chapter 2, it says that uh, we're no longer strangers and foreigners, but we have been built upon this foundation laid by the apostles. It's afterwards in the prophets. So it has to go back further than just the apostle Paul. When did it begin? So here in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12, notice what it says in verse 12. As the body is one, hath many members... And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. Now, I have a body, and this body is 74 years old and getting older every day. So I've got a 74-year-old body. So when did it begin? Two years ago. You wouldn't believe that. I had a day when I was born. I was born and began at a certain time. So, yes, February the 4th, 1942, 
was the great moment in American history, right? Oh, well, I can believe whatever I want. All right. Look in verse 13. For by one spirit, get this, are we all baptized into one body. Now, this is written to carnal-minded Christians. These Christians were not spiritually minded. I mean, they had a lot of problems in this church, but they were still, once you trusted Christ as Savior, you were baptized by the Holy Spirit. That means to be placed into the body of Christ. That's all it means. You were baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. In other words, like Christ died for me. So it was like I was on the cross, and I was buried, and I rose from the dead, and I ascended into heaven, and I'm set it in the heavenlies. See, because what Christ did, yeah, he did that for me. So he did it in my place. So I get credit for it. And so that's when you trust the Lord, you're placed into the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is a spiritual church made up of all people from Pentecost until the rapture. You are part of the body of Christ. Now, in this body, notice what it says. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles. So we know when the first baptism of the Jews took place. We know when the first baptism of the Gentiles took place. And therefore, we have just been added to the body of Christ. So if you trusted Christ as your Savior a year ago, you were added to the body. Somebody trusts the Lord today, they'll be added to the body. And so the body grows. So he says this, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So we all have the Holy Spirit, but do we all do the same thing? No. So not everybody is an apostle. Not everybody is a foot. Not everybody is a heel. And not everybody is a toe. Not everybody is a finger. Not everybody is an ear. Not everybody is an eye. There's different parts in the body. That's why God did not give you all the talents and all the abilities to do everything. God did not design us to do everything. We have to need somebody else. Not everybody can do everything. Now we got, uh, say, uh, Sandy over here. Sandy got a great, beautiful voice. But if she could play the piano and tap dance for us and do everything, well, then we wouldn't need a piano player. But we need a piano player. But uh, everybody's got a different talent and ability. Not everybody can do everything. So... God has laid it out this way, and I don't see anything wrong with what God has said. Now, look in 1 Corinthians in chapter 14. Now, he gets into a little bit of the nitty-gritty stuff. In verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 14, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. In other words, the teaching forth of the Word of God is better than having any so-called of these gifts that are going to fade away. Because he says up there in verse, you know, 8, 9, and 10, that these gifts, these sign gifts, are going to pass away. They were only given for a short period of time. And they were given until the word of God would be complete. So, therefore, these things serve a purpose. And they were given, and it was to confirm the word unto us by them that heard him. And it didn't say we can continue doing these miracles. There's no place in Scripture that says that. And so he says these things would cease. So in verse uh, 1, follow after charity, which is love, and desire spiritual gifts, and rather that you may prophesy. But he that speaketh in a tongue, the word unknown is added by translators. It means it's not in the original. But he that speaketh in a tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, 
For no man understandeth, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. You say, what does it mean? If I had the ability to speak in Chinese, I don't. But if I could. But none of y'all spoke in Chinese. Now, I could speak in Chinese and know what I said. And God knows what I said. But only God knows. And me, I can say I know. But what value was that for you? How did you get edified? Did you get exalted? No. So they say, well, this is just that quiet devotional speaking in tongues. We trust you. And yeah, but you don't, still don't know what you said. If it was an unknown, well, you don't know what you said. How you know it's any value whatsoever. So he says in verse 3, But he that prophesied or teaches forth God's word unto men to edification, to build them up and to exhort them and to bring them comfort, then you're doing something. You're edifying the body of Christ. To speak in a language that I understand that you don't, you may be amazed at me. But see, that for me. You're, I'm doing this for me. It's not for you. So I want you to be... It's like if I could come in here and speak in ten different languages, but not a one of you understood what I said. But I could say it. It'd be a right language. And with somebody, they could understand it, but you don't. But if I'm going to do that, he says, then ask that you may interpret that you can explain what you said. Now notice in verse 4, he that speaketh in a language edifieth who? Edifieth himself. See, I'm not making this up. It's, it's the book. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. The reason we speak is for a reason. I don't need to speak to build me up. I need to speak to build somebody else up. He says in verse 5, I would that ye all speak with tongues, languages, but rather that ye prophesy. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues. Except he, what? Except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. So the person who does the speaking is also able to do the interpreting. Did I write that or did I make that up or is that what it says? So you have people say, and then they don't know what they said. And then you'll have some nuts stand up and say, I have the gift of interpretation. They do not. This took place at a place, and Dr. Stanley had a friend of his who was a tall Chinese man. And he says that uh, he was in this one meeting, and they was saying this, and she, they went off, and this one stood up. I have the gift of interpretation. And he says, he was speaking in Chinese, and then said something about what he said. He stood up himself. He says, dear lady, he says, I am from China. That is not any dialect of any Chinese tongue. That is not true. Of course, they didn't like what he said, but he had to tell them, that's not, that's not Chinese. And that's no dialect of any place in China. But people will do it. And they trust more in their experience than what the Word of God says. And they will fight you over these scriptures. Now, notice what he says in verse 6. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation, knowledge, or prophesying, or by doctrine? Notice I'm teaching you something. I'm not helping you any. So he says in verse 7. So evidently there were people in the Corinthian church that had the ability to speak in languages. But they were to use, all gifts are to be used in a proper manner. So instead of doing it to benefit, they did it for themselves to show off. 
I can speak in this language. God gave me the ability to speak in Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic or whatever. But nobody there understands what they said because they were in Corinth. And so he says, if you're going to do it, ask that you may interpret. Now, notice what else he says. He makes a statement in verse 7. And even the things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or heart, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or heart? They had a commercial on TV the other night. I thought it was so funny. The man comes in with the bride, getting ready to walk down the aisle. And there's this old man over there on the organ Supposed to play the bridal hymn. And he didn't. He played the march, you know, in the battle. And this one little old lady, she stands up and says, Charge! Anybody seen that? You saw that? Some of the other ones are shaking your head, but you won't raise your hand. All right. But it was so funny. When he comes back on, you see that. You'll remember. And this little old lady, I mean, this is in a wedding. She says, Charge! Because they played the wrong music for the situation. And so he makes a statement here in verse 8. For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So just because you can speak in a different language. Well, why would you do it if nobody there understands what you're saying? Unless you're also going to ask, can I interpret, tell you what I said? Or somebody else there can have the... Ability to translate. I've been in countries and I've had to have translators. And so there's people who can know and translate and somebody else can translate for you. But they understand the language. But see, what they want to do is make it something spiritual and so mystical. As though they got something. Look at my gift. And they exalt themselves. But it's not an unknown what they're doing and what they're projecting is some gibberish or a, like a running of the brain backwards where it's like taking an old tape recorder and running it backwards. You don't know what it's saying because it's backwards. But it's unintelligible. You don't know what is being said. And that's the same thing that people can do with their mind. They totally release their mind where they, they cannot think in a logical manner. And then call that, I got the spirit. Yeah, but it's not the one we're talking about in this book. Now, notice what else he says here. So in verse 9, what does he say? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words, what? Easy to be understood. How shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. Nobody knows what you said. There are... It may be so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. In other words, every sound has a, a meaning to it. It has a, a meaning. So he says in verse 11, Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian to me. In other words, I don't understand him, and he doesn't understand me. So that's why these people get into this, you know, I got the gift of the Holy Spirit. and then blah, 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 blah. That's not of God. That's not the Bible. The Bible is it's a, known language, a known language to benefit somebody. Now hold your place right here. Just look there in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 1. Look in 1 Corinthians in chapter 1. 
And you'll notice in 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, where it says in verse 21, And after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a what? Sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. Because to the Jews looking for a sign, they stumble over the greatest sign of all, Christ crucified in his resurrection. And then you talk about the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of man. The Greeks seek after wisdom and become so foolish because they reject the true wisdom. So all this down through here is talking about how that there were signs that were given for the nation of Israel. Now notice, on the day of Pentecost, the sign gifts, tongues, were for the Jews on the day of Pentecost. Chapter 10, it was the Gentiles that were speaking in tongues, but they were a sign to the Jews. True? To the Jews. Here in 1 Corinthians, he's also saying pretty much the same thing. So, this is why, in let's just finish some of this here, down in verse 12. He says, Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Whatever it is, is it building and helping somebody? It's just like, you can have a great talent and so forth to do a lot of things, but not use it for the Lord. I told different teenagers and college kids, whatever you learn, skills you develop, use it for the Lord. Isn't it a shame if God's people who got great talent and can play, you know, instruments in a great voice and then go out into the, the world to entertain the world instead of God's people? I think you ought to put God first and use whatever you have and use it for the Lord. But he says down here in verse 13, Wherefore, let him that speaketh in a tongue pray or ask that he may do what? And they say, well, I can't interpret it because it's an unknown language. Then shut up. It ain't got a purpose. I mean, there's no reason for it. One time, <laughs> Dr. Virgil Edwards, who had the church up in Northside Baptist before I came there, he says one time he had this lady came and she started he says, lady sit down and shut up she did he said now if that had been of the Holy Spirit she wouldn't have he said I don't care how loud you holler and how high you jump but when your feet touch the ground you better be walking straight and speaking a language I can understand I thought that sounds pretty good but anyway look what he says in verse 14 he says for if I pray in public, in a tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is under unfruitful, you know, to other people. So if I pray in a language that nobody understands, then my, it's unfruitful, it's no value to it. Otherwise, when I say amen, which is generally we always say at the end of a prayer, right? Amen. Well, if it said it in another language and I don't know that, I'm still waiting. <laughs> you don't know he's done. That's why he says there in verse 15. 
What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say, Amen, at thy giving of thanks? Seeing he understandeth not what you said. This is so sensible, so logical, so easy to understand. But you see, they've got to make it sound spiritual. Like, I've got something you don't have. And remember I told you about my sister. How that she would go down and she wanted to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit so bad. And she cried. And she just couldn't do it. And they tried to get let you, let you love your body. Just tell your life. And they were trying to help teach teaching how to do it. Isn't it amazing that they have to see somebody do this in order to get to, to do it? You go to a church, and it's amazing they all go to the same church. They all seem to go to the same church. If you do that, you can go to the same church. But now notice what he says. He says in verse 17, For thou verily giveth thanks well, but the other is not edified, because he doesn't know what you said. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church... I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in a language nobody understands. Because they're not there to hear it. They don't know it. So if I was here and I'm speaking in, uh, you know, English and all of y'all on this side was Hebrew and all those on this side was Greek. Well, I could speak in Hebrew and Greek. But if I spoke in Hebrew, well, then those in speak Greek, they don't understand. So I would translate for them. Or if I spoke in Greek, well, then the Jews don't know. So I could speak and tell them what I said. He says, now, in the church, that's, that's good. That's all right. So notice what he says down here. He makes this statement in verse 20. Brethren, be not children in understanding. Howbeit in malice be ye children, but understanding be men. In the law, in the law... It is written, that means Old Testament, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. So God says, with people of other tongues, other lips, will I speak unto this people. Now, if it's written in the Old Testament, he's referring to the nation of Israel. So the signs that people had, they were to convince the Jews and not the Gentiles. So the Jews that would visit and hear would believe. But now notice what else he says here. In verse 22, wherefore tongues are for a what? A sign. Not to them that what? That believe. What is it to most of the people who got caught up in you got to be at the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's a sign that you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's a sign that you are a child of God. It's a sign, but it's to them. No. It was a sign to the unbelieving Jews on the day of Pentecost, on the day of Cornelius. It's the unbelieving. Look what he says. Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that do what? Believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. So we teach God's people God's word, but we give the lost man the gospel. Because I can teach a lot, a lot of things, but the lost man can't get saved by just me preaching the book of Daniel and Revelation. He can't get saved without the gospel. He has to hear that. 
So the signs were a God-given ability to convince unbelieving Jews. So that's why we start at the very beginning of the book where it says that the Jews seek a sign, but the Gentiles seek wisdom. Christ is the answer to both. So what's the greatest sign that a man can ever have? Christ coming back from the dead. Were you ever told that you must confess Christ before men to be saved? Were you warned that if you refused to confess Christ, He would not confess you before the Father? Just what does that mean? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me